Welcome to the comic trope. We're in a small room. There's a bridge in front of me made out of a beautiful rainbow. We're walking across it holding hands. And whose hand am I holding but mysterious Amos and smiling Dave. Skipping down this rainbow of love, just the three of us, enjoying the world and everything that it's brought. Today, we're going to be talking about a few things, like... Traveling from Asgard to Earth, apparently. And... Luke Cage and how If We're not talking about either of those today. Neither of those things are actually going to happen on this podcast. If, but if we were walking down a rainbow road, it would be traveling from Asgard to... There's a lot of rainbow roads. The one that Mario drives on? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go to Asgard. Take me to Asgard. This is the only racist that's okay to me. Uh-uh. I choose the purple of the rainbow to drive. I don't know. I'm sorry. Why is yours an old maid? <laughs> I was like, he's, he's, he's a turning into an old Eastern he's a European woman. He's a housekeeper for some reason. He's going to tell us about the Baba Yaga in a minute and then dust the uh, the collectible horses. <laughs> Here's the thing about the comic trope. My name's Blake, and I don't know a lot about comic books, so I invite people who supposedly read comic books to try to give me information about those comic books. What I've learned in doing a few podcasts is that we don't talk about comic books nearly as much as I'd like to. But I am here with Amos and Dave, and we will speak a little bit about some comic books that I've been reading, and Harry Potter for some reason... And also, we'll play some games, ask questions, spin the bottle, if I don't cut that out. Let's do some icebreaker. I'm going to give you an instrument. You need to pair that instrument up with a comic book character. I will remind you the rules of Comic Trope, which are the answers cannot be Aquaman, The Punisher, or Superman. Damn it! Well, I don't know anything else, so... Those are the three that we cannot <laughs> <Next>. name. <laughs> so, I'm going to do what I do best and pull an instrument out of my butt. It's always a trombone. It's, it's always, always a trombone. trombone. That was a French horn, y'all. <laughs> All right. Amos. French horn. Trombone. Damn it! No. Um, well, Gambit... <laughs> The idea of Gambit playing a French horn is pretty great. Why Gambit? He plays an accordion. He's, he's Frenchish. Well, he's Cajun, so right. he's yeah. playing some Zydeco music, yeah, man. He's. <laughs> but he might. He might. I mean, whatever he, he plays, it's going to explode. I can't so. think of any French superheroes. So, um, Baltrock is a <laughs> right. Yeah, Baltrock. Who fought uh, Captain America? Okay, I'll take your word for it. Pretty sure. Did I just make that? Batrock is his name. Batrock. Really? For being from Can- from Canada, man, you don't know your French very well. Hey, I am not. I am not French Canadian. Well, I'm. You heard it here. I'm, Fran- I'm Franco-American. Why is it not? American. Why is it not Franco-Canadian? I'm Franco-American, but because they have to have everything their way. Damn, I guess so. Those Quebecers. Dude, googling Baltrock is not a good idea. Yeah, it's, it is B A T R O C. It's what I said. It Batrock was. the Leaper. <laughs> it's Batrock the Leaper. He used to fight a. Yeah, he's definitely French, and he was created just so America could fight uh, France. And he wears, like, an all-purple-and-yellow um, leotard. And I will say that I will accept Gambit, but I, I believe that 
Batrock the Leaper would definitely play some French horn. Smiling Dave. <laughs> the banjo. I don't know. The banjo. Hold on, give me give me a second. You'll, add, you'll edit all this out to make me sound real snappy and punchy with it. Yeah, but, can uh, I say carnage? Carnage? Yeah. He would tear, just, shit would get shredded, man. I, I was thinking what Southerner Because his are. name's Cletus, he plays the well, banjo. Yeah, he's a redneck. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I guess that actually works not too not too poorly. Cletus, put down the banjo! Yeah. I just imagine... He's uh, too busy killing and go, people. And go kill somebody. I imagine Sleepwalker playing the banjo. Solomon Grundy? Solomon Grundy might He'd play, play the... Claw Hammer. Yeah. Solomon Grundy won a banjo, too. <laughs> Blake. The recorder. The young Avengers, before they are allowed to go out and be real Avengers, have to learn how to play the recorder. Or at least blow through a whistle with holes, which is basically all a recorder is. <laughs> it's pretty easy to play. It's true. I mean, a whistle also has a hole, to be fair. Yeah, I said holes. Holes with multiple. Well, right. With... A whistle also has multiple holes. If it only <laughs> it had does. one hole. It would just be... It would... <laughs> you wouldn't make any sound at all. Yes, it's true. You also couldn't technically blow into it. The air must pass through the reed and have a single notch for pitch. <laughs> that, but, you know what? Let's get the mechanics of wind instruments out of the way here. <laughs> Can we just go ahead and agree... That Mr. Fantastic is playing a lot of the tuba. instruments. He's playing the tuba, man. No. Reed Richards, right? Oh, oh Jesus. Jesus Christ. Let's talk about comic book video games, Amos. <laughs> is that what you want to talk about? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, we, we've discussed doing previously uh, a segment where we talk about what I like to affectionately referred to as game tapes of yesteryear. If you've been a, uh, you know, a, a comic book fan and also a video game fan for a number of years, like most of us have been, certainly everyone in this room, you've no doubt been disappointed by not just one, but many, many comic book adaptations uh, made into game tapes over the years. And uh, I decided that we should probably talk about some of those since some of them are all so bad that they're almost funny in some ways. So we're going to kick things off with one of the biggest pieces of shit that there ever was to ever grace a uh, a digitized screen. And that would be X-Men or Uncanny X-Men. It depends on whether you're looking at the actual physical game itself or the menu for the the game (laughs) or the instruction manual, all of which list a different name for this thing. But if you're looking at it on the box, it says Marvel's Uncanny X-Men. Um, and this this was a game that I got uh, suckered into renting from Blockbuster. Thankfully, never purchased uh, for the NES. Who made um, it? LJN, which is what just... Is, do we even know what LJN stands for? Uh, man, I, I wish you would probably have asked me like a little while ago. Is it ago. LJN? LJN, well, yeah. I'm Look, sure. Japan. Nah. <laughs> LJN, limited Japanese nationalism. That's where you believe that imperialism was the way that they should have remained. There are still those people, by the way. I'm really into my country, but it's a little limited. Lip joints, nipples. <laughs> the three things I love to kiss on a girl first. From lips to joints to nipples. <laughs> the lip bones connected to the joint bone. The joint bones connected to the nipple, nipple bone. <laughs> the three things oh. I'd admire on Luke Cage first. <laughs> Oh, not, it's not, his, not his joints. Do we, does, does this company even exist anymore? Um, I don't think so. They're most famous for 
Thundercats toys and a number of other action figures and things from the the 80s. But they also decided that, hey, we make toys like a lot of uh, toy companies did. Video Um, games are toys. We can do that. Right. I mean, you look at Nintendo. I mean, that was a toy company since the 1800s. I mean, lots of toy companies in the 80s were like, well, this can't be that hard. You just hire one of these people that's a software developer and you stick three of them in a room for a long weekend and out pops a game. That's essentially how most all Atari games were, were made. Not necessarily on that short of a timetable. Uh, but the, the, the teams needed, the, the size of the teams, the time needed and money invested wasn't nearly as high as it used to be. So it meant that a toy company could feasibly uh, release some things. Uh, by the way, LGN actually stands for, uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a reversed set of initials from the guy who started LGN, Norman J. Lewis. Uh, Mystery solved. <laughs> he sounds like someone who would make video games. So LJN released a number of video games, most all licensed properties in the 1980s, and they're almost all universally steaming piles of shit. X-Men, the uncanny X-Men, whatever you want to call it, is this horrendous NES game uh, that was released, if I'm not mistaken, in 1989. Uh, for the Nintendo Entertainment System. And like I said, I got suckered into, into renting this game, thankfully never buying it, because I, f- I just loved the X-Men arcade game that Konami put out. And when you're a kid, when you see that there's an NES version of a game that you know all too well, you're like, oh, hell yeah, I'm about to get this, and me and my sister are going to play uh, the X-Men beat em up all weekend long. But LJN made a completely separate game. What is interesting of note is that uh, both the arcade game that Konami did and LJN's uh, shitty, terrible, top-down, crap-crap adventure time that they released is are, are based on the same thing, which was the, uh, the X-Men pilot cartoon show, action universe or whatever, that showed like Robocop and... Oh, yeah. Uh, Dino Riders and stuff like that. Yeah, Dino Riders. They would occasionally put... Or it was Dino Saucers. I can't remember which one of the two that was on the Marvel uh, oh. Power Hour expanded network thing. Uh, but they would sometimes do uh, the Amazing Spider-Man cartoon. Sometimes they would do the Spidey and Friends cartoon. Um, and once they did this pilot for an X-Men cartoon that was only ever done as a pilot, it wouldn't be until several years later when Fox picked up the animated series. But it's that cast of characters that both the Konami video game, the, the beat-em-up, the side-scrolling uh, Final Fight Ninja Turtle kind of game, and this terrible piece of shit are based on. Uh, but, I mean, I, like I said, I played this game as a kid, and it's just unserviceable. Wolverine doesn't have claws. He kind of humps the air. Yeah, so let's talk about a little bit about what it looks like. So it's top down. Yep. And every level looks like a different type of lasagna or spaghetti floor and walls. Like or sweet. Yeah, like it and all of the patterns are so similar between the bad guys, the characters themselves, and like the walls and differentiating between like stuff that you can step on and stuff that you aren't can't step <laughs> yeah, on like, right. it makes no sense <laughs> so bad it's like looking at like a map of the united states like a topographical map and someone just decided to uh just color in the everything the same color like, yeah it, or it, the same three hues it is ridiculously difficult to navigate that game yeah it, it looks 
like a debug test or whenever something would glitch in an NES game and the system would need to be reset yeah. and you just get a ton of textures and patterns across the screen that flash. Or do you remember when you used to defrag your Windows 95 and you would just make it the defrag like the full screen yeah. and it looked like that except with a character like trying to make it through. Play through defrag. Yeah. It, uh, if, uh, if Minesweeper suddenly became defrag, that's kind of what you would get it's in this video game. I wish I had convinced my little brother that the Defrag app was uh, a game. Was a game. <laughs> Can you win? I don't, I don't understand. Uh, so this game is absolutely awful, and I, it, being that it's a toy company, you know, it makes sense. Like you, when you're a kid, you don't understand why a company would pay money, right, to get a license. Not that you even have this concept of them buying the license, right? <laughs> but I mean, X Men probably wouldn't have been that expensive back then. Because it isn't, you know, Marvel wasn't then what it is now, for sure. And while the comics were popular, you know, it wasn't going to be the kind of cross, you know, media circus that you've, you've got in today's, you know, entertainment industry. So it wasn't that expensive, probably. Uh, and they picked up the license and made a really terrible game. Uh, of note, they did kind of, I won't even say redeem themselves, but a couple years later in 1989... Uh, or maybe 1990, a year later, they did a Wolverine game that's it's based a side on... Scroller, right? it's, it's an actual side-scroller, which I think, yeah. if you were a kid in the 80s, anytime you rented or bought a video game that was based on a licensed property, you were just hoping against hope it was a side-scroller. Yeah. Platforming side-scrollers were by far, you know, the best kind of game for the Nintendo, um, and, unless it was, you know, a lot of care and, and craft was poured into something to make it purposely different. Man, the Wolverine game is almost just as bad. Wolverine has claws this go around, uh, but he if you use them, every time you attack with the claws out by pressing the select button, uh, it drains his health. And how is a mutant with the main power of unnatural healing going to be killed over time by using one of his other superpowers? That just... It's awful. That's really terrible. I have been reading a lot of Marvel. I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Mockingbird because it got canceled, but not because it wasn't good. It was very, very good. We got through eight. Chelsea Kane, who is a novelist and a new artist to Marvel, uh, Kate Nimchik, I think. That's close as I'm names. I never know where to start. I think I spoke about this very early on, um, but she had the opportunity to finish two arcs, and I don't really want to talk about the comic as much as I want to talk about the backlash that there was on the internet for it. The last comic had a picture of Mockingbird with a shirt that says, ask me about my feminist agenda, and Twitter comic readers just flipped out. Twitter might be the most misogynistic, chauvinist place on the internet. And I don't know how it got that way. It's almost like a feeding ground for people who have shitty opinions. Her book... Talk about Twitter or the internet? Twitter. I mean, the internet... People on the internet's like, I really need a social media platform to just shit all over people. And like, Especially oh, women. Twitter's perfect for right. me. Um... I believe that Chelsea Kane might have left Twitter for a little bit when she was writing comic books because of the backlash she was getting. But Mockingbird's a very strong female character. She's a, she, even though she dated Hawkeye, she's almost like a Hawkeye. 
uh, she's a 007 character, but she's a female, and people had problems with that. And also, these books are really funny. And I suggest them to anyone. It's easily a B-plus book, um, or B-book. And I'm sad to see it go, but I'm really happy that the two arcs got finished. The first arc is kind of like a zombie twist, and the second arc is she is invited to go to a cruise in which everyone's dressed up like Marvel characters because it's kind of like a cosplay cruise. And she's trying to figure out um, something to do with her ex-husband, Hawkeye's um, murder of the Hulk. Really good book. But I just Hulk don't... got murdered. Damn. Spoiler alert. How you murder a Hulk? That's a big chalk outline. Um, well... Goodbye, Banner. That's all, really. But I just don't <clears throat> understand how people can hate strong female characters in comic books. And it's not like this is the first time it's happened. Well, I mean, the, the same thing happened with the most recent Ghostbusters movie, right? It's just that I don't know what it is. Um, the The internet and, I guess, people in general, because the internet is basically just a filterless version of who people really are in real life anyways... I thought all of the, you know, um, veneers and and fronts they put up so they can interact with people without being, you know, punched in the face until they've hit their heads exploded in real life. Um, You know, they just they use it as a they use it as a a mouthpiece, really. And I guess Twitter is unique in that uh, forum, you're just writing something and posting it on a tack board. Right. That's essentially what a forum is. It's a digital pin board, whereas Twitter, you're. You're not really getting a response usually, but you're directly interacting and responding to the people themselves. So when a celebrity or a comic book writer or an actress or an astronaut posts something on Twitter, it's you know you can respond directly to them. You know that that person will see that in their feed, and they're a lot more likely to see it than if you went on the internet and said, Buzz Aldrin, you're a fucking fake, man. I know you didn't land on the goddamn moon. Right, like he's never gonna read that. He's Buzz Aldrin. He's too old to give a shit about that. But and he never learned how to read. True fact about Buzz Aldrin. Not true. Not true. He's a brilliant man. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just, Twitter feels more personal that way, and I think as a result, people know they can push people's buttons a lot more and get away with it. Which is why you had like the Leslie Jones thing happen after you know Ghostbusters was released. Which is why you're seeing this. Um, Damon Lindelof, the guy that works frequently with with J.J. Abrams and writes you know television shows and, and movies and things, he's a screenwriter. Um, you know he he had I think he left Twitter altogether and basically has just stayed away from social media. After, I forget what it was, um, but it had to do with with people, you know, saying to him on Twitter about Breaking Bad. Like, that's how you end a show. I wish Damon, Damon Lindelof could figure out how to end a television show and, you know, essentially calling out the way that Lost kind of fell apart in its final seasons. And he got into it with, with people that were responding to him, so much so that he just has gotten rid of social networking altogether. That's and how trolls win it. when you respond back to them. You just let it happen. Hey, you guys want to play a game? Is it as good as Name That Power Man or whatever? <laughs> what? <laughs> name That Power Man. We're going to do that right now. Hey, y'all, name that power. Man. <laughs> this is when we go to powerlistings.wiki.com. This one's going to be short. This is going to be brief. You guys are going to make up a character for me. 
and it has to be under 140 characters. So this can't be a long fucking story. You gotta give it to me. I hope we get uh, Constellation's Boner or whatever that one from last time was. Constellation's Boner was not the name. <laughs> All right, I need to uh, hit the random page. <laughs> Sensory scrying. The power to perceive through other beings' senses. This user can hitchhike other beings' senses and experience what happens as they were them. As if they were them. Hmm. What made-up superhero would have that power? Is that what we do? The voyeur. I was going to say the creeper, but yeah. The creeper is creeper. (laughs) The grim creeper. He just goes and looks through other people's eyes at funerals. Oh, man. (laughs) Just experiences like their sadness. He's he's very masochistic and likes to. Uh, he uses his powers for banal morbidity. So yeah. here's here's the thing about the creeper and his the power. Grim, the grim is, creeper. The grim creeper who has the power of sensory scrying is that he actually can't feel anything himself. So he goes around and takes people's feelings. He hijacks them. He hijacks them, and that person never gets to actually feel that. And whenever they try to remember it, they can't feel the guilt or the happiness that this person, like the the grim reaper, the grim creeper, the grim creeper, yeah, actually feels. The grim peeper. The grim peeper is his cousin. <laughs> He's a little, little more whimsy than that guy. Whimsy. He just he just goes into takes over the the vision and oh and, dear, you know what? Not gonna not gonna go there. Involve- <laughs> What? what is rainbow fire manipulation? What? What is a rainbow fire? Like a gas fire? Uh, it's, it's an oil fire. It's rainbow flame control. The can you control can regular flame? shape and manipulate rainbow fire? The rarest, purest, if not strongest form of beautiful multicolored flames. <laughs> Who was high when they wrote that? I feel like we talked about this last time, but that's got to be something Captain Planet related, right? Nope. Yeah. No? Sounds very Captain Planety. I'm thinking about if Richard Simmons was a superhero. I don't know. If Richard Simmons was a superhero, is Richard Simmons, does he identify as homosexual? I don't think he does. Really? Really? Richard <laughs> Simmons isn't gay? Why would he be gay? Oh, come on. What do you mean, come on? <laughs> Look that up. Look look up is Richard Simmons gay? Not Gene Simmons, no. Well, I would believe that over Richard Simmons. <laughs> Gene Simmons is pretty hetero, man. I don't he's like Prince, you know. Um, please never say Gene Simmons is like Prince ever again. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean artistically. No, in any way, period. I just mean in their heteroness. Even if you're like, there are two guys walking on the street, you know, like Gene Simmons or And or Prince. And, and or Prince. <laughs> never do that. Like don't put them in the same Anything. Uh, both from Minnesota. I don't actually know. That's, that's a lie. Says. He's from... totally from New Jersey. There's no way Gene Simmons is not from New Jersey. Yeah, when you watch that movie, they did, and they all have those accents. It's uh, it's pretty pronounced. I like that we're just sitting here looking. Oh, I mean, come on. I mean, <laughs> there's nothing about him being homosexual on the internet. <laughs> that's that's false. That's Everyone's not... gay on the internet. I mean, like. Hashtag I know I'm playing into a stereotype. I'm aware, but Richard Simmons is gay. Uh, he has never confirmed their sex. He's oh never confirmed his sexual orientation. 
There's okay. nothing on the internet about him being gay. Well, <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Well, Richard Simmons on Jezebel. Let's see what it said. He did say any moment I could just go right up in flames. Oh, come on. It could be talking about yeah, the yeah, fact yeah, that yeah, he has yeah, yeah. rainbow flame manipulation. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> hey, guess who the new Iron Man is? Tony Stank. Is Looks it? like Doctor Doom. It's fucking Doctor Doom, man. Yeah. And it's written by Brian Michael Bendis, and it is done. Uh, the art is done by Alex Malieve. Oh man, that's the that's my duo. Really? Yeah, because when I first like really, I guess started regularly reading comics, it was the, their Daredevil stuff, which I still oh, absolutely yeah, love. Uh, this is a cool book. So, quick backstory. Um, Doc Doom got his face from uh, Reed Richards as basically like a, you could do better, so go do better. And uh, Doctor Doom, sh- I believe, can remember what happened in Secret Wars, and he is trying to balance being a bad guy, quote unquote, because he's still having the meetings with like all of the super villains. But at the same time, he's trying to figure out a way to do good things to undo a lot of the bad stuff he's done. So he stole an Iron Man suit and he's going around like pretending to be Iron Man so that he can be like a superhero but still kind of be Doctor Doom on the side because he doesn't want people knowing that he's pulling a crazy. Yeah, it's good, man. The comic book is a very, very Bendis in the way that you don't get much out of one issue. You know how Bendis is. He he needs it to go six to twelve issues to yeah. make sure you buy them all. But. The Bendis Collective. It's good, man. Uh, I mean, I can't, I can't give you a rating or anything like that because it's one comic, but I really enjoyed it. And there's just the idea of Doom as Iron Man. I mean, Doom is a fantastic character, and he can make any um, shitty comic good for one issue by showing up, even if they write him like subpar. But this is this is a really neat twist, and I would uh, suggest it to anyone to if you're looking for a new comic to read. Yeah, very reminiscent to me of Superior Spider-Man whenever Doc Ock was Peter Parker, basically. Yeah, I mean, they, Marvel does the same thing for every character. There's, every character in the Marvel Universe that is a known previous character, there are two of, or more. Spider-Man, got a bunch of them. Iron Man, three of them. Uh, name one, because there's Hawkeye, two. There's two. The, name a character, there's more than one. Captain America, two. Patrock the Leaper. Look, man. <laughs> Look, man. Wonder Man. Just Wonder Man? Man, he Wonder keeps man. dying and coming back. So does that. <laughs> no, I mean, like, any like any kind of popular character, there's more than one. Anyone who's been in a movie. Right. Thor. Two of them. Two of them. We got two Thors. We got two Thors. What, what are we have? doing? How many Thors do you need? Infamous Iron Man is worth picking up. Even um, even for people who absolutely hate Brian Michael Bendis or people with three names in general, it's worth a read. Amos, what kind of comics are you reading right now? Nothing. Because I'm reading Harry Potter. You're really reading Harry Potter? I, I had never read or seen any of the movies. So wait, now... wait. You've never seen Harry Potter? Harry, Harry Potter. You've I, never seen I've seen a lot of Harry Potter. You've been out to the woods or a uh, a, a city municipal building yeah. because a lot of them in there. But you've really never seen a Harry Potter movie. I had never until so recently. 
Have you seen the movies before you read the book? Or no. Uh, so what I started doing is reading one book and then watching the corresponding movie. Hmm, interesting. And that started like a month ago. So yeah. now I'm on I really wish three. that Blake 10 years ago could talk to you right now. So what are, what are your thoughts uh, about Harry Potter? Pretty into it. The, I mean, what do you like about it? That they're... The wizards, Harry. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll get to go Harry a lot. Um, <laughs> they're just very whimsical. And they're funny... And uh, it's nice, light, fair. It's not the kind of stuff I'm, I usually read. And I was always impressed by the world building. Yeah, exactly. That, There's so much just... Uh, without it being a Stephen King novel. Because you know how Stephen King, his world building is just done by like meticulous detail? and Most fantasy novelists do that. Tolkien, um, King... Uh, especially George R. Martin. Or if you want to call Stephen King fantasy, which well, I disagree I mean, with you on, but that's a different conversation. Uh, but there's two there's two ways to kind of build a world, and one is through character interaction, and that is something you find in the Harry Potter books, and one is by like building detail and like mm-hmm. explaining everything around you without boring you, and that's more of like a King or a Tolkien or something like that. Right. Yeah, I I think that. From what I can recall of the first book, even when they're just on the train in the beginning going to their first year or whatever, and they talk about buying like the the whistling fizzy McGig or whatever, and then they briefly talk about what a whistling fizzy McGig is, but not so much so that it's like its purple streamers flew behind it eloquently as it soared through the air after plopping down a single gold coin for one. It was just it's a it's a flash in the pan and, and then it's a thing but you're forever left with that image of what that is and might be even though you might not ever hear about it ever so have, has anyone spoiled this book for you no actually and and i was almost hesitant to even say it because i know nothing about what this is one of the few cases where it's a really popular franchise that i've gotten into late and i don't know shit so I could totally just ruin You could, yeah. I don't world. know. I don't know I a thing that happens. I won't, uh, but if you ever fucking cross me... Well, I'll have them done by, like, Christmas. So. If you cross me between now and <laughs> Christmas... Christmas uh, Amos, it. known for crossing Blake for many years now. <laughs> yeah, Every I'm now sorry. and again, he'll get a wild hair up his ass and just cross <laughs> the hell out of Blake. <laughs> I'm, quite a, I'm quite a crosser. I don't know what that means. What comic book character would have the best cooking show? What would it be called? And what uh, what would they do on it? What's the premise? Wolf- Wolverine's Julian Lies. I don't know. Uh, Deadpool would just cook parts of his body since they grow back <laughs> and like prepare them in different ways. And it would be uh, based on the movie Eating Raul. But it would be called Eating Deadpool. Are you guys familiar with Whoa. Eating Raul? It's wow. like a, no. <laughs> it's an old like 80s film in which... Uh, you got deep as a baritone, my friend. <laughs> the premise of this movie is that there, these this couple has, have invited over a food critic. And they, they thought that Raul, who came over, was the food critic. Instead was like a robber of some sort. And so they accidentally kill him. But then they find out that they're out of meat to prepare to serve the uh, the person who's coming over to judge their foods. They end up cooking Raul. What the fuck did Is that I see? Some hear? Canadian bullshit. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, eating Deadpool. I feel like Hawkeye would have one. And his whole thing would be as he throws things from distances across the kitchen into the pot or 
into a blender or other assorted, you know, ways where he's got like a mixing arrow that he fires into the top of it and it starts like beating the eggs rapidly. Uh, or he just makes it would kebabs. be, it would be called what? Or he just makes kebabs. Yeah. He just throws shit up in the sky and shoots the, the arrows through them. Yeah, yeah. It'd be called in the kitchen with Clint. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I would watch that. Yeah. That's really good. <laughs> I love trick cooking shows. Yeah. Um, Hulk's, of course, would be just called um, Hulk Smash, and it would be him like m- making different forms of mashed potatoes. Yes, Hulk Smash. <laughs> Hulk Smash. Hulk Smash. He makes he makes corn liquor. I feel like Hulk Smash would be a DJ show where each week he live mixes several genres of music together. <laughs> Hulk on ones and twos. <laughs> Hulk on one and two. Give me out of weight now. <laughs> <laughs> Amos. Yo. What's your answer? I forgot the question. Oh, the cooking show. French cuisine with Captain America. Is that to show that he's reaching out to other cultures to show America? And it's because I'm not good when you put me on the spot, Blake. That's why. Oh. I got nothing. Um, I feel like Cable would be pretty good at some kind of fusion restaurant. Why? I don't know. He just looks like he bakes everything guy. with a hairdryer gun. Just. <laughs> yeah. He just looks like the kind of guy who really likes uh, Hong Kong street food. Cable's table. Cable's table. There it is. Um, Spider-Man would have a pizza place. What would it be called? I don't know, but when you got your pizza delivered to you, it'd be fucked up. Cheese would be all on the roof of the box and shit. <laughs> it'd just be called Uncle Ben's. Oh. <laughs> it's not even like a diss. I mean, that's, that's probably what he would call it. Yeah. Um, I guess that if Peter Parker never got powers, but his uncle still that died. That sounds like a tongue twister. Peter Parker never got powers. <laughs> never, Peter Parker never, Parker never, never picks up powers. Powerless Peter Parker. <laughs> Parked his. Picked a parking pot. Purple. I don't know. Powerless Peter Parker. Parked his purple prowler behind a pumpkin patch. <laughs> <laughs> Prowlers were normal. Y'all get purple. this for free. Uh, Alright, guys. I think that this show happened and that we recorded it. So we're two steps ahead of not doing a show. Let it be a living record. Three dumb dudes. <laughs> Can hardly wait till either Sequoia or Kate join us for another week of Is that a computer or the Batman theme song? Comic draw!